The FDA has said, we're really good at preventing opioids from entering the country by intercepting prescription drug packages. We do our job. And they just got this, you know, crap ton of money to do that better. But they're like, that's not the problem. We're doing that fine. We need more help to stop boner pills. <laughs> File this one under Mars, men, testosterone, square Neptune, drugs. And Saturn, stiff. Welcome to episode 28 of Off the Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney McKnight in East Tennessee, and I am joined from New York by my colleague, co-host and fellow astrologer, Elizabeth Grace. Hello, hello. I am happy. Good. I feel pretty. Elizabeth and I I are both renegades from corporate media. We report and analyze the cosmic impulses behind the news. We offer you an alternative to the corporate media model that manipulates you into working against your best interests. We bring you news from the ensouled universe, where cycles within cycles suggest there's a greater consciousness enfolding us, moving through us and around us. It's a larger intelligence that extends beyond what we could ever possibly imagine. Our goal is to help you see there is order amidst the chaos and that trusting the universe and not the status quo can help keep you calm and hopeful. So how are you this Saturn and Pisces season? I'm thinking about what would be Saturn and Pisces music, like what, a requiem? <laughs> We're all going to pray for the dead and the dead will pray for you. I mean, it's, it's a Saturn, it's mortality and Pisces. That's what you've been doing? You've been listening to requiems? <laughs> no, I haven't been listening to requiems, but that's what I was thinking. What would we be like? And it wouldn't be a funeral march because that's, that. you couldn't be a march because that's not Pisces. It would just, it would have to be a requiem, like Mozart's requiem, which is going to be playing at Carnegie Hall. I like the Verdi requiem. Well, you know, the Mozart requiem, certainly effective. (laughs) (laughs) But I do, I do really. So I know, but music for Saturn and Pisces, you know, what would it be? Like I said, I don't know, a requiem. On this episode, number 28, we have news from the ensouled universe where we glean bigger cycles. Why are you giggling? Because I'm having a good time. This is fun. Uh, Aren't you having fun? uh, No, I'm just trying to get to the script. Where we glean bigger cycles afoot, given the planetary patterns being reflected in the headlines. And we tell you what to look for in the days to come. Thank you to all the folks who signed up during our special offer to become patron subscribers. You now have access to every episode of our weekly podcasts, while non-paying subscribers, whom we still love, will hear us every other week. That is the case for now. Anyway, there is a heated discussion going on behind the scenes as to whether or not doing that that way is the best way, because I'm worried about, well, my concern is this is just the way that it appears in podcasting platforms where it's like, where are the other numbers? But we promise that. And so we're sticking to that truth and advertising. But as our library expands, we have been thinking we might want to go back to weekly for everybody and then Those of you who have invested your money as well as your time will have access to the greater range of things that we're doing and posting in the library behind the paywall, such as the Department of They, where we deconstruct the news and show you how they say is the way you are being manipulated, or specials like my recent astrological analysis of the resignation speech of outgoing Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon. Um, mm-hmm. The next one I'm going to do is Harry, is Prince Harry. That'll be fun. Yeah. Actually, what we're finding is that our 
audio outtakes are very popular because we say things in those outtakes that we don't say to the public. <laughs> you kind of get a little bit more of an idea of what we're really thinking. And those all seem to get downloaded. So, um, the dish. The dish. Our, yeah, yeah. And Astro our, dish. Our download rates and our open rates you guys, re- <laughs> you, you're an engaged audience. You are. No, we're so proud, actually. We're really, yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Very um, mm-hmm. happy to be a part mm-hmm. of your astrological experience of the universe. So, from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you. Also, I, I <laughs> fall to Pisces. I, I wanted to just say hi, Celeste. Thank you for pointing out that. Patron subscriber sounds really close to Patreon subscriber, which sorry if we've confused folks, but we do not appear on the Patreon platform, just Substack. And then of course you can find us on whatever podcasting app you use. Can we call them fairy godparents? Sure. If you're still not one of our fairy godmothers or fathers or fairy god or or people, yes. A person who pays to hear this podcast, you can change that by going to ensold.substack.com and purchasing a subscription to what is quickly becoming a popular podcast with astrologers and non-astrologers alike. I was reading today, I think maybe it was Tom Hartman who was just, you know, reminding listener, his readers that after Watergate, you know, the journalism of Watergate back in the mid seventies where journalists actually were going after the truth. It changed from the press holding leaders accountable, which was always the intention of our founding fathers. And it moved into this access media platform where media was a corporate capitalist entity. You had to make money. It wasn't about getting the truth. It was about selling papers getting clicks, getting ad space. That's how media has changed dramatically over the past 50 years. It's true, but um, there's a bigger context to that. Yes, a lot of journalists went for the truth and became very um, honed in their looking to get the next thrilling scoop the way that um, Woodward Woodward and Bernstein did. But it also became kind of a, um, a vanity profession. There were a lot of people who went into it who were just like, all right, it's going to be all about me being this swashbuckling reporter. So that kind of became a burden on the indus- on the field. But in a larger sense, and this actually ties in with Saturn and Pisces, um, journalism became a calling for a lot of people where it hadn't been prior to that. It was like, I want to do good. I want to do good things. I want to be a good citizen and I want to inspire others to be a good citizen. So there, there was more, it's like, it was the renaissance of investigative journalism, but to your point about it becoming more about clicks and just transactional, um, that, that does lead into this kind of Saturn in Pisces uh, return because, you know, 30 years ago, we we were here before, but 30 years ago is when th- that was really the beginning of the global financialization of just about every industry. And that is when global money started to come in. And here we are 30 years later, and we don't always know who's the owner behind the newspapers that we read or the news outlets that we go to for mm-hmm. information. Yeah. And 30 years or if ago, we do, or if we do, they're just one person, a billionaire. One of the defining films that came out in that time was the Adams family with Raul Julia and um, Angelica Houston and the 
It was very goth. It was, it was, you know, it was goth and it was weird. Black, weird. The color black, weird. You know, somehow a family unit, but quirky. The Adams family. I'm not sure. Uranus. No, so it was, so I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you. So what was going on in, when you're saying this globalization, this kind of blurring of the lines, we're not really sure that the disruptive energy of this global investment, we had Uranus, the disruptor and Neptune, which dissolves boundaries together in Capricorn. Our, our, you know, the big banking governments. So you can see how weird things would get the lack of clarity, disruptive and no boundaries. Mm. This is also and- when the, and this is also when the internet, you know, the idea that, and, and I remember, I remember telling people back in the early nineties before I was a full-time astrologer, but still hip to these patterns. Um, I was telling people that whoever could figure out how to act how to how to monetize the idea that we are all connected was going to do really well because this was sort of you know Uranus and, and Neptune dissolving the boundaries in Capricorn and then they both went in and then and then into Aquarius they were in mutual reception or something Uranus was still in Neptune was still in Capricorn Uranus I have to look it up but anyway it was just it was just this whole dissolving of boundaries involving technology and big institutions that you know no one really knows who controls anything and somehow we've been all brought together for some unknown purpose well that's interesting now thinking that um Pisces is where we have both Neptune and Saturn boundaries are still going to be getting blurred, but in a different way. And I know we're going to address that. So why don't we get into it? This episode number 28, Elizabeth has the headlines and we're going to discuss the planetary patterns behind them. We're also going to look at the astrology of the Oscars. My baloney has a first name. (laughs) S-O-S-C-A-R. When are the Oscars? Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, the 12th. Sunday uh, and uh, as and it's and it's going to be very Neptune-y at least at the beginning uh, the moon will be in Scorpio pretty intense and you think um, somebody will get slapped this year yeah that's a good question uh, because the moon's next aspect it, when we wake up in the morning when I wake up in the morning there's a song about that lovely day whatever it is and anyway, when we wake up in the morning this the moon at, at, at overnight the moon will enter Sagittarius, righteously opinionated. And the first thing it's going to do is square Saturn and Pisces. So somebody is going to be bitching about something. <laughs> I guarantee somebody is going to be bitch moaning. It's going to be a slap down of something that we're going to be processing against the backdrop. Looking, maybe maybe when we look at the horoscopes of some of the people that we, pull, we'll we can find out who's going to... I don't know. There's kind of somebody is. <laughs> there's always a critic, but there really will be a critic to, uh, in in the morning after the morning after. I'd like to see the morning after. All right. Like so that. why don't you get to anyway, the news? What have you got for the us? news? News, news. Okay. So last week, what do we have going on last? Week? On the second of March, we had two conjunctions, two meetups, which are focal points, starting a new cycle of development. We had Venus conjunct Jupiter. Venus is women, money. Uh, values, art, Jupiter expands together in the sign of me, 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 inspiring, pioneering Aries. And on the same day, we had Mercury 
how we need to think and communicate conjunct Saturn at the very end of Aquarius. Okay. So that's what we had. That's what we had going on. And um, in the language of astrology, Jupiter refers to the pancreas and Venus refers to sugar. And it was fascinating that on that day, huge news, huge, huge news. Eli Lilly cut its price of insulin to match what Congress had already done. The Democrats in the, the, the Democrats in Congress, the Democratic Party. No, can you imagine? Not a single Republican human being voted for a bill that would have put a $35 cap on the price of insulin, a necessary life-saving drug. Well, in the, in the House, they did in the Senate. There were a few in the Senate that did. They didn't even have a patent on it because the person who invented it wanted it to be available to heal the planet. Actually, that's a really interesting point, Elizabeth. A lot of our drugs that came out of development in the 50s and 60s didn't come with patents. They were just seen as what you do, you know, because it was done within the NIH. So these were gifts using our taxpayer money and they were gifts to the people like polio did not have the, the vaccine for polio. Also, no patent on that. Right. Which Mitch McConnell had polio uh, as a child. So you would think that, you know, people would go, hey, we shouldn't be charging $700 a month for insulin. That's, that's, that's just, that's morally wrong. But anyway, but so this is a big piece of news. And what's cool about it is the astrology. You know, we have this generous, this generous, the generosity tied to the planets, the, the symbols of sugar and pancreas, which produces insulin, on the same day that we have this humanitarian corporate control, Mercury conjunct Saturn. I just keep cut. hearing, you know, the background to everything that we have listed that we're going to share with our audience today, I still, I, I can't think of a single one off the top of my head. I'll have to maybe go back to the list. Just all of this is so Saturn moving into Pisces to me. Like, what are we going to do about the right thing? How are, what are the limits of our compassion and where are we not compassionate? And this is another, I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. Venus conjunct Jupiter, Mercury conjunct Saturn, but still it's just so to me about what is it that we are going to do about the right thing and have we been doing it? And if we've not been doing it, why not? And how are we going to fix that? And who is in, involved in doing the right thing and who is not this whole thing that you're talking about regarding the Republicans as a block refusing to vote on this? Well, I mean, I was thinking about this the other day, watching some footage of various things in Congress and then reading the scripts of the speeches that they gave on the night of the insurrection, don't call me an insurrection, where all the Republicans refer to it as an insurrection and violence, et cetera, et cetera, because I still have all the transcripts of those speeches. Yes, you, we- sent, you sent me those. Yeah, let's say that again. So Whitney, she's a real live journalist, people. She really is. She's got the receipts. She's <laughs> on She's on the distribution lists and gets this, this the transcripts of what our lawmakers said and when they said it, decrying what happened on January 6th. As, Calling it an insurrection. Which is what it was. Yeah, they okay. said so. They, they said, said so themselves. They said it. So, so what I was going to say is, you know, I watch these people today and I, I was thinking, I'm like, this is just like congressional cosplay. They're just playing at being Congress people. 
But who are they really? Why are they dressed as Congress people when they're really just puppets? Some of whom you know have diabetes. I mean, statistically, there's a good chance. I don't know exactly what the odds would be, but you know they're there or their family members do. I mean, there is the fact that they do have the Cadillac of healthcare. All, if you are a member of Congress, your healthcare is supreme. It is the chef's special. So they don't feel that pain. And once they get it, they never don't have it. But I do wonder, I had really started to wonder who is pulling the strings behind the scenes. We know it's all about money, et cetera, but it's starting to make me wonder again about my, you know, my shadow government theory. What is the end to which this field of terror is being created? And I do think once Pluto moves into Aquarius, things are just, you know, we're on the eve of something. There's that, you know, just before they started chopping King's heads off in France, they didn't ever think, you know what? The divine right of Kings is hogwash. Until after they were all beheaded, <laughs> until after the American Revolution. Then suddenly there was a whole new world and we had to figure it out. And I think we're there because this is just weird. It's strange. The, the document of declaring the rights of, of man, where, which was a Pluto in Aquarius, 1789. Pluto, extremes, amplification of humanitarianism. We're all equal here. The United States has a moon in Aquarius. That's, that's why that reflects our Declaration of Independence's statement that all men, because at the time that was the only people they were going to care about, uh, are, were created equal, that leveling of the playing field. And then Pluto and Aquarius caught up with it, which then led to the United States, you know, hey, we need a bill of rights. We haven't said enough here. We need, we need to lay these things out uh, in greater detail. The, oh, and there was one very interesting headline that I mentioned in my forecast. You know, we look at the Sabian symbols. Uh, sometimes there is a, every degree in the Zodiac, every point in the Zodiac, you know, there are 360 degrees just because the Zodiac is a circle. So there are 360 degrees in the Zodiac. Every sign, we have 12 signs. So there are 30 degrees per sign. Hopefully everybody can envision that. And so every degree of the Zodiac has a symbol called the Sabian symbol, which is something that was channeled back in the early, I'm going to say the early thirties, I'm forgetting the date exactly, by uh, an intuitive, Elsie Wheeler, intuited these images and each symbol, each degree of the Zodiac has a corresponding symbol. And I am fascinated as to how these symbols will manifest in real-time events when they become prominent in the headlines. So the Sabian symbol for the Venus-Jupiter conjunction in Aries happened to be, it was like an, an, an unsuccessful bomb explosion. Ooh, that's creepy. It was totally creepy. It was totally creepy. And I may be misquoting. I may I have to get the get the exact... But, but it was basically, and, and so when I looked at this, I thought, oh God, we're going to have to look at something. Something like this is going to make the news in the wake of this headline, in, in the wake of this pattern, because it always does. An unsuccessful bomb explosion. This was the symbol for the Venus-Jupiter conjunction in Aries. And on that day, a passenger at an airport in Allentown, Allentown, Pennsylvania, is a guy named Mark Muffley. A muffly, an unsuccessful bomb. It was muffled. That's weird. Mark Muffley, um, he tried to bring explosives in his suitcase and he was arrested. Any more Jupe Venus Mercsat? 
not, I mean, we could go on for days, but we have a ton to get through. So let's move on. So um, the other thing that was amazing, Saturn was at the very end of Aquarius. CPAC over the weekend. CPAC, some Congress, some congregation, some gathering of, of conservatives who want to destroy the country, which doesn't sound very conservative to me. They, they need a new name. They need a new name for themselves. We told you guys that when Saturn got to the very end of Aquarius, it was going to be activating, it was going to be active in the horoscope of Donald Trump. And in my worldview, and I have to be very careful about this because I would very much like to see him held accountable for certain things that I personally think he did. So you have to be careful. The astrologer always has to be careful not, not to indulge in any bias or wishful thinking. We have to be very, very careful about being objective. But Saturn opposing someone's ascendant as it did over the weekend, you know, how could this person, you know, it could be a hammer being dropped on somebody. You're held to account. There could be a separation or a break between you and a group. So this is what happened to Donald Trump over the weekend. And I think some of that has happened. Or you could also, you know, suddenly take on more responsibility and have a greater position of authority to the public. And I would say that that's what happened over the weekend. I didn't know that the CPAC conference was happening in, you know, in conjunction with this aspect in Donald Trump's horoscope. But he took the stage. He was the closing act. He gave a speech for two hours. Everybody there loved it. And in the aftermath of that, uh, they are saying that, yeah, looks like he's probably going to get the nomination unless something intervenes. He's, he's still the top runner, um, Ron DeSantis or not. He's still the top contender in the field. Not for so, nothing. But huh? I, did, I said not for nothing. But I was looking at the Republican National Congress's natal horoscope. There are well, a few. The one I was looking at last night, I thought, oh, okay, April 2025. That's when this party finally splits. That's when this party finally collapses on itself. It's either going to have to resurrect itself as something new or it's just going to divide. I was thinking about it in terms of Saturn in Pisces and that that Rilke poem moving forward. But in fact, you can't really move forward with confidence if you feel like you're standing on fishes, which is one of the lines in that poem. And so I was going to say to our listeners, like, it does feel right now, like we're standing on fishes. It's mucky. It's gross. It's nasty. You know, I don't know what the Sabian symbol is for the March 7th, the day that um, Pisces or Saturn entered Pisces. Maybe if you look that up. Oh, can- let me grab oh, That'll be fun. Let's find out what, what is that? Like, because that what, I, what, what I just want to say though, is, um, you know, it's creepy. Some of the things that are happening, some of the lies being told, and, you know, we were referencing the the transcripts of the speeches given by, I think, genuinely shocked the night of the insurrection. I think some of these Republican lawmakers really didn't know how bad it was going to be. And, and their their text, the texts of their speeches reflect that, even though they're also trying to cover their butts. But I just think that there's this sort of what the hell is going on kind of a feeling. And I just want to say, I think it's going to make sense eventually. And it's creepy and it's a little scary, but what's happening is, is that we really are starting to move into a a place where some of us can see what the other ones are doing, but they can't see what we're doing. And so if we live our lives with integrity and we live according to democratic principles, and we just kind of stop watching the congressional cause play pageantry and just start doing the right thing and paying more attention and taking more responsibility. They'll scare us. It's a little scary. I'm not going to say it's not scary. It's scary. Yeah, it is scary. It's but very I, scary. 
But I think I, I just, I have a lot of hope that enough people waking up will be the ones who see each other doing the right thing, even if that other group can't see the right thing being done. And that's a shame, but it doesn't have to stop us from living beautifully and in our integrity. But I do think that you, you, this idea, you know, the idea that we're not, we're not really seeing the depth of the scheming that is going on. One thing about the horoscope of Donald Trump, um, he has a pattern. So in all through 2020, he had a pattern in his horoscope involving Pluto, which is extreme. Pluto refers to extremes of power and resources. And it was activating his Saturn, which is executive authority and control. And for that whole year in 2020, that's what he had going on. So we can appreciate why and how his actions reflected this extreme effort to maintain control, which didn't work, okay, but it was going on. And now what he has this year is a similar pattern via solar arc, which is another way astrologers have of measuring time. We have a repeat of a pattern that was active in this person's horoscope in 2020, and it is active in his horoscope now and will release in July of this year. So up until this, uh, up until then, you know, it would be astrological to think that he's got something cooking in the way that there were, we, you know, all of the scheming and machinations are coming out about the effort way before the election of 2020 to hang on to power at any cost. Did you find out anything about March 7th? Yeah, I did. So the Sabian symbol for Saturn at um, zero Pisces, um, the symbol, the symbol is a public market, which is a locus for social exchange. The identity of which is determined by no one in particular. Hmm. So individuality is leveled down to the lowest common denominator and it blends in with the crowd. Well, okay. What an interesting way to seg into what I was just going to ask you. Okay. Which is to tell us a little bit more about this um, revisionist history that Tucker Carlson is spinning about what the crowds were doing. Well, the revisionist, well, first of all, 6, so he's 2021. Yeah. And so what he's doing, I mean, we've looked at his horoscope before. I can't remember if, if Tucker Carlson's horoscope, if, if, if we shared it for premium subscribers or not, but yeah, we, it's on the page. And it's, is it's, it on the page. Okay. So, so Tucker Carlson, we knew was going to just burst forth with a surge of energy because so much of his horoscope was activated by certain eclipses from last year. And, and so we just knew he was just going to be a surge forth here of, of something, action. One pattern that's happening that will be exact next week is that Mars, which has been in Gemini since August, which reflects the weaponization, Mars's anger, conflict, courage, but it's a weapon. And it's been in Gemini, which is words. Gemini is how we is talking. So Mars and Gemini calls us, I mean, the big lesson for Mars and Gemini, as we told you last year is walking your talk. You know, you're, you're people are going to be looking to see, Hey, you know, you're not doing what you've been saying. And we're going to give you a huge example of that in a minute. We've already, you know, we'll say that in a minute. So Mars next week over the weekend, over this past weekend, 
the CPAC weekend, Mars was activating a square, a tense pattern in the horoscope of the United States between Mars and Neptune, the idealization of war, the idealization of Hollywood, the idealization of drugs, the idealization of guns. Why is our Second Amendment such a big deal in this country? We could look at, we could look at that pattern in the U.S. horoscope and, and see why there is this, this such this bewildering fanatical attachment to this right to bear arms. And so Mars activated, Mars was at 21 Gemini, I believe, over the weekend. So Mars activated the U.S. Mars-Neptune square. And so we have all this provocative stuff going on over the weekend. And it also activated the sun and moon in the horoscope of Donald Trump. His moon and his sun are at 20 and 21 degrees Gemini and Sagittarius. So Mars activated it. So he was in a very provocative uh, place. Now, Mars-Neptune blurs reality. And what Tucker Carlson did this week was he started putting together his presentation of 44,000 hours or over 40,000 hours of security footage from the January 6th insurrection. And he actually showed footage arguing that it was just like a peaceful tourist visit. It, It actually gave me chills. It was so, so creepy. And that is why I pulled out all those speeches is because I was like, I think I was watching Stephen Colbert and he said it perfectly. There are some people in power whose job they think it is to make us feel as though we're insane. And then there are those who want to remind us that we're not the crazy people. But when I watched that revised footage that you're referring to, I was, I really did think, oh my God, I'm living in an alternate universe, which really kind of goes to what I've been saying, but it really threw me for a loop because he is saying it just like, oh yeah, look at these people who are just pleasantly, quietly moving through in very small groups, not big groups. That is why I went to look at my trove of what the legislators that night actually said. And I was like, okay, I just wanted to make sure I did receive a ship pot full of speeches where they were freaked out and they were calling this an insurrection and violent. And yeah, here they are. And in fact, I'm going to put some behind the paywall so people can see it. But anyway, go ahead. But because it was so creepy. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's, it's breathtaking and it's, it, it's scary and it's serious. And, it, and that's why, you know, every time the elections come around, you're like, this is the most important election. Okay, guys, the 2024 election, <laughs> this is the most important election. This next one coming next year, this is it, babes, make it or break it. You know, well, we'll, you know, with Saturn and Neptune at the bottom of the U.S. horoscope, you know. You know but if you're, if you're a person who cares about your citizenship, cares about your community, cares about your civic duty, is interested in being an authentic person, doing the right thing, you don't need us. You don't need the media. You don't need anybody to tell you that. You already know I'm going to go take care of what I need to do to ensure that democracy is there. And that is the part that I am so heavily leaning on for people is, look, you do not have to live in a prescriptive universe. The media is not your mom, but we are so accustomed to having the media in our head. Do this, do that, do 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 that, do do. This is so important. It's really hard to step back and realize we don't, we don't need 
any news. You can go outside. Is it raining? Then I need an umbrella. Are my taxes due? You could even just go to the stupid tax website and look at the IRS. You don't have to have the media. The media has inserted itself in between you and every single experience you have, including being a citizen of a democracy. Every election has that kind of import. And if enough of us are just doing what we should be doing, then this really is just really, really atomically creepy cosplay. But nonetheless, if there are enough of us doing our job, elections so consequential, ultimately don't win. They don't. No, they, no, I don't think that. I don't, but but we can't. But you have to act as if there's a chance that they will pull this. I, I don't think they're going to. I don't think. That and that is win. why but you're you right cannot that act that way, because then you get lazy and you go, well, of course, you, of course, everyone's going to do the right thing. So I'm going to no. go. You know, you, no, you, everybody hearing, has to show up. You're not hearing what I'm saying. What you say? I'm, I'm saying if you do your job and if enough of us do our job as citizens, being authentic and true to ourselves. You go down and you vote. You do, but but the, we have to be mindful that this this that there is a concerted, organized effort to make sure that people don't vote, or that it doesn't matter. I mean, th- what's happening now as Saturn moves into Pisces, and we have this weird breakdown and corruption where everybody's just doing their own thing. It's whatever people want to do. They took out the the DA in uh, Florida, who was elected by the people. Thank you very much. This, he, he, the man had an elected office and he put out a public statement saying, all right, I understand that there are abortion restrictions here, but I am not going to prosecute any woman. I'm not going to bring criminal charges against, I'm not going to enforce this. I, I am the, I'm the DA. I have the discretion to choose what I enforce. And the governor, Ron DeSantis, kicked him out. This was an elected district attorney. We must be mindful. This is not to freak people out, but we must be mindful that they will, I mean, they organized an invasion of the Capitol to hang on to power. It didn't work. Okay, what can we do next? Can we go in and start changing the law so people don't get to do what they always were able to do? Well, if we can, we're going to do it. So... Well, what's happening? I'm serious about this. They're going to rewrite the law if they can't. So they get to do what they want. That we have to be aware. That's the strategy. So we have to be aware that that's what's going on. We have to be aware. I do not disagree with that. We definitely have to be aware, but we can't can't be naive. That's the best way to put it. You can't be naive. I, I think that that is the most eloquent and succinct way to put it. Don't be naive. And then work on your own way of being authentic. But being naive can end up being tragic. But the idea that these people who are already plugged into a a preferred info drug stream that tells them they're special and that their grievances makes them special and entitled to something, that's all they're going to hear. They're not going to see your point of view. So being in a high state of dudgeon over whether or not people are idiots or don't get what you see is just a waste of time. But what I find really creepy right now is this really skillful, even though it's obvious, attempt to create a narrative of very similar to the lost cause after the Civil War. And by the way, these tourists that this is what Tucker Carlson's calling them so-called tourists, you know, we've had over a thousand convictions, most of them federal. So I think what's important to keep in mind is, is that be aware that you are not seeing the same story unfold that a lot of other people are. So be very vigilant about the potential for their narrative to interfere with yours, but take power 
and be empowered by the fact that you are following with an intent to be good and kind and democratic. And you can do something. You can do something. And you can do it without having to worry about getting all the quote unquote facts. So here's the interesting thing. All right, Tucker Carlson, we've talked about his horoscope before. So there he was putting out this fabrication. Shocking, horrifying, so horrifying and so wrong and fulfilled and so gaslighting that even some Republican senators condemned it. All right, so what's the astrology here? Because that's what we talk about. So Tucker Carlson has the sun. He's a new moon baby. So he's sort of, you know, he might've been born on an eclipse. I, 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 haven't, I haven't verified that. So there's just a lot of power potential tied up in knots here. So Tucker Carlson, sun and moon opposing Neptune at the very end of Taurus. So Saturn at the very end of Aquarius is squaring his sun moon conjunction and is Neptune and Saturn is the principle of reality and controls. So it's really interesting that he puts this thing out there, which is convoluted. And what all happens at the same time is a ginormous dose of reality because certain text messages and communications that he sent to a staff member at Fox news, we can see quite clearly that he wrote to this person how much he hated Donald Trump and what a danger this person was. Two days before the insurrection, Tucker Carlson tweeted to someone, quote, we are very, very close to being able to ignore Trump most nights. I truly can't wait. I hate him passionately, unquote. Then he said, we're all pretending we've got a lot to show for it, comma, Because admitting what a disaster it's been is too tough to digest. But come on, there really isn't an upside to Trump, unquote. Okay, so that was Tucker Carlson on January 4th, 2021. And we're hearing it now, because let's stick to our what we're talking about, which is astrology, not politics, although we certainly have a political thing. But let's look at the astrology. Um, Transiting Saturn, the reality check, uh, squares Tucker's moon, and his son, and there is an accountability, there is a reality check, and there is Mitch McConnell, and some uh, who is also ex- receiving transiting Saturn on his Pisces son, pushing back and saying, you know what, this per- portraying, portraying the January 6th event as a, as a tourist visit is, is really, uh, it, that's just really going too far because we were here. All right. All right. The Oscars. O-S-C-A-R. No one's, I don't think anyone's going to get beaten up physically this time. It's, it's, there's too much Neptune. Neptune is, you know, Neptune is, if it's going to do damage, it's, it's going to slip you a Mickey or, you know, it's, it's going to, you know, spray tear gas on you. Neptune is not going to actually overtly physically do you in. It's much more subtle. That's my theory today anyway. Okay, well, I think that everything, everywhere, all at once is so fabulous for all of this emphasis on Pisces. Saturn is in Pisces. Neptune has been in Pisces for such a long time. Um, I think everything, everything, everywhere, all at once uh, it sounds sounds great to me. 
Um, I mean, tell me, tell me why you think it's reflective of those planetary patterns. Because Pisces is everything, everywhere, all at once. We are all one. Mm -hmm. And And I also think that, you know, the the whole, even though half of it was this big mission, this, you know, video game gone wild. I thought it made a very profound statement about soul contracts. If we believed in such things Mm -hmm. and past lives, if we Mm -hmm. believed in such things, because as I was watching that film, it was really strange to me initially. Why is the enemy her daughter? Yeah. Why the daughter? Mm-hmm. And then you start thinking about nuclear families. I think N- nuclear I'm, I think. as in um, contained within the same cell. Not. <laughs> no, 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 no. The double entendre. Yeah. The double entendre. That's Oftentimes this, yeah. people are at war within the family unit. So, well, let's, let's put some context in this. So this okay. movie is up for what, what are the awards that it's everything it's every, it's up for everything. <laughs> it's up for best. It, no, it's been, been nominated for 11. I think it's been nominated for 11 Academy Awards, best picture, Michelle Yeoh, best, best actress, Jamie Lee Curtis, best supporting mm. actress. And it's, and it's, and it's so interesting that this film, you know, it's sort of, it has been a, like a, 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 a revival for, for some of the principal players. Like, um, I have to pronounce his name correctly because I've only seen it in print. You know who I'm talking about. The guy who played Michelle's husband, who was in the Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, I can't think of his name. Sorry. It's, the last name is, it's Quan. I can't pronounce his name because I've never heard it pronounced because I don't, I always read stuff, right? So I'm not, so I'm afraid to even say his name because I'm going to mess it up. But anyway, the guy who plays Mich- Michelle Quan's, Michelle Yo's husband hadn't done much acting. He went off actually and worked in the, in the behind the scenes in the movie industry, but you know, nobody was looking to cast uh, a younger, uh, you know, a 20 year old Asian man. So there wasn't any work. And then he decided to revive his career and lo and behold, he was almost immediately cast in this movie. So that it was just amazing that he's got, he's a Leo also affected by Saturn. So all of a sudden he's getting, being taken seriously his Venus and Sun are at uh, the end of Leo, and uh, his Moon might be at the end of Leo as well. We don't we don't know where exactly, but it's definitely a Leo Moon. So this is certainly somebody who loves a good time and loves to take the stage. And his Sun at twenty six Leo is squared by Jupiter natally at twenty seven Scorpio. So there's some really nice connections in this cast. You can see it already. Mm. Right. You know, his Jupiter at 27 Scorpio is on Jamie Lee Curtis's son. So there's all this, there's nice sinistry happening. So you could see how he and Jamie Lee Curtis would be given this, this gravitas, this authority um, as a result of, of this particular film. And Michelle Yo, whose name I'm probably not pronouncing correctly, is also a Leo, 13 degrees Leo. Leah rising or sun? Oh, sun. We don't know. We don't have a birth time for her. Um, you know, 21 degrees Leo Mercury, 29 degrees Leo Uranus. So she's definitely going to be getting attention through her life because she's so different and, you know, she's a revolutionary martial artist. The Banshees of Inisherin, I thought there was some trauma in that, but it was so mm-hmm. clever. It was a really interesting film. And I thought it was a perfect 29th degree of Pluto in Capricorn film. <laughs> Why did you think that? Because I have a different take, but I want to hear your take. 
Um, but, so you did see this film. I thought you'd only no, seen it. No, I read about it. I read the detailed synopsis. And, and one thing that was interesting about it, because some astrologers were talking about it on social media, is they were talking about, you know, why are fingers so prominent in films that are up? <laughs> You know, like, you know, in, in everything, everywhere, all at once, you have fingers that are that are that turn into hot dogs, which is really creepy. And then apparently in this Banshees film, you know, the guy chops off his fingers and I'm thinking, OK, this is Mars and Gemini on steroids squared by Neptune. Yeah, that's really Mars true. violence. Gemini and then character, Tar, she's a conductor and she there are these scenes in there that, you know, and I've been a classical music reviewer. And so I've reviewed a lot of conductors. Plus at one time in my life, I was involved in opera and worked with, or was in the room with conductors. And so I've seen a lot of, you know, top cla- class, a conductors work. Sometimes their, ge- their gestures are extremely emphatic, which is probably mm-hmm. redundant to say, but I did think that, um, Kate Blanchett overdid some and just, I don't know. I, I found, I just, I didn't enjoy that film tar, but there was a use of her hands instead mm-hmm. of using the baton that um, took the worst or took the most exaggerated of any of the best conductors we've had over the past, you know, hundred years and um, overdid it. So there was that kind of martial Gemini quality to the way that she interacted with the musicians, but I don't know. I found that movie was just precious but confusing at the same time and I didn't see it as the, the the same things that everybody else was apparently seeing in it which was that it was this powerful statement about power in the age of um you know gender equality I I just I just saw it as a woman who was having an a personal internal breakdown and we were witnessing it from inside her own head that's kind of how I saw it so I thought that the Banshees of Inisherin was very much about it felt like a 29th degree of anything movie to me <laughs> Because it seemed like there were the 29th degree being the anoretic degree and thus um, a degree that has a, an urgency to it to either shed something or attain something to drive something home or to get something done. There's just a frenetic quality to the 29th degree of any sign. But, um, you know, Capricorn is is a sign that is about efficiency and getting things done and um you had Colin Farrell's character who was used to the efficiency of a predictable friendship and he was a good person. And that was the thing that was so interesting is he was the kind person, the good person. And he just wanted to keep things orderly. We have a good order of things. You're my friend. We go down, we have a pint together. I take care of my animals in the background. There's really only one woman who's sane and doing anything compassionate and trying to have a life that is full and that's his sister. And it gradually, by the end, you realize how desperate she is. She's the 29th degree. She's desperate. She's desperate for somebody to just acknowledge the twistedness of all the various male relationships. And she's stuck in this web of all these twisted men. And that's why I found it. It's the twistedness of the patriarchy at the very end of itself. Because at the end, she disappears. I mean, she gets free. She gets free. She is the one who gets free. And it's like, okay, shoot, somebody is going to actually move on. But I thought that Colin Farrell was was fantastic as this person who was deep without being aware that he was deep because he was the kindest person on that island, even more so than his sister. But he had no motivation at all. It was weird. It was just kind of this 
um, goodness for the sake of goodness. And he was punished for it with the fingers being chopped off. So I found that very um, 29th degree uh, and Pluto, you know, this mutilation, there was constant mutilation in the film. That's to me, I just, I can't be persuaded otherwise, but I'll hear you. What else? <laughs> oh, because I'm thinking that it's friendship, uh, you know, that, that, and so Saturn and Aquarius would put controls and limits uh, on friendship, which is Aquarius. But you didn't see the film. So I'm curious. No, you're, I'm reading you're the synopsis talking of from- the film. I, I don't want to, I don't want to see that level of, of, um, it's a, it's a very, um, graphic depiction though, of the mutilation that comes from end stage patriarchy of any kind, which is really, she even refers to it, the sister, I've forgotten her name now, but the sister refers to it as just, you know, you men, and it is, it's not really just men. It's just that male principle of, and that hierarchical principle, and it becomes, um, deformative or is that a word it, it, it yeah. def- and and that idea of pluto at the 29th degree also the mutilation and the the um the deforming the deformed principle of masculinity by the sexual abuse of the father you know the father is um he is sexually molesting his son and then the son ends up well i won't spoil it but um there's just so much emphasis on the mutilation that comes from an um, unchecked masculine principle. And, and I just thought that the movie was, it had its mutilation and you could look away, but I understand why you wouldn't want to see that. It told you a lot without being preachy, but it really did show you that, you know, women matter. <laughs> women have a place in society or else really twisted things happen. So next week we have Mars Swearing Neptune for the third time in the series. The last time was mid-November. Mars will square Neptune on Tuesday, the 14th. The sun meets up with Neptune as it does every year, once a year, on Wednesday. So that suggests themes of salvation, forgiveness, drugs, healing, pacifism, scandal involving our leaders and our heads of state of biz- and business. And then on Thursday, Mercury, which is in Pisces, meets up with Neptune. So there's more idealism, creativity, imagination, deception, themes of oil, themes of drugs. As the sun on the 16th squares Mars, so that's action, Probably more weaponization of words because it's squaring Mars and Gemini. Weapon, you know, perhaps twisted laws because the law, the word is law, law is word. So they're using the laws as a weapon. And then Mercury squares Mars. Oh, and then Venus also on the 16th will square Pluto. So Venus is in Aries when it's in a difficult aspect with Pluto, it, it suggests extremes of emotion. Extremes involving money, values, women. So there's just a catharsis, a potentially bewildering, visionary, empowering, active catharsis all of next week. And and after we go through this week, which is the sun traveling through the last days of Pisces, which is often feels like the end of the world. 
So there's something, there's an ending quality to all of next week. And that sets us up for the astrological new year that's exact on Monday, the 20th. And then a new moon in Aries on the 21st. So it's like, so that, that's that, a lot to process. That is this a, week has been a lot of Aries. Comparison. It's a lot of Aries in you know, the week of the 20th, but next week it's a lot of Pisces, a lot wow. of potential endings. And so there's, so like this week has been light in comparison. Oh dear. <laughs> no, 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 not oh dear. Just, it is what it is. You know, this is, you know, as you have said, you know, one of the things that you, you have said, which I thought was absolutely brilliant because it never would have occurred to me to have phrased it this way is you said, you know, Saturn and Pisces you know, the principle of, and I think about it, well, you know, Saturn is dust and rubbish. It is, it's garbage. And you said, throw it in the waters, throw it in the waters of Pisces. And there is a cleansing. And I thought that was brilliant. And Thank I think you. you're right. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think we are, you know, compassion. We're going to, and, and I see it as karma. I see it as sin. I think Saturn in Pisces with Neptune co-present, everybody in Pisces together, you know, and Mercury too, for the period of time that you've just delineated everything in Pisces in a bigger way, in a bigger way, what are we responsible for? How can we atone? Basically, what can we do? What do we need to do? What do we have to take responsibility for? And how will that heal us when we do? That's the cleansing. Well, that's it for episode 28. Thank you so much for your time spent with us. We are off the charts, a stellar newscast, and we are patron supported. If you'd like to become a paying member of our community and receive access to extra audio insights and planetary patterns affecting policies and procedures and deeper dives into what it means to be a citizen of the Ensold universe, please check out our subscription offers at ensold.substack.com. My co-host, Elizabeth Grace, her weekly charts in the news and forecasts can be found at graceastrology.com. Elizabeth has been doing this for over a decade, writing about what she has tagged the astonishing synchronicities between planetary patterns and the headlines. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see, there's way more going on at her website than necessarily here at the podcast. So you want to sign up for that. And I am Whitney McKnight, publisher of the Ensold Universe, which you can learn about at ensouledastrology.com. So until next time, please keep hope in your heart. Do get out there and look up at those amazing stars and wandering giants of celestial goodness, especially right now you can see Jupiter and Venus in the Western sky right after sunset. So unless you have anything else to add, Elizabeth, that's it for- No, I think you covered it. It was delightful and fabulous. And so- So then- Yeah. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Bye.